Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome back to We Are Everyday People, Everyday People. And uh, I haven't done a show in about a month or so, and uh, I have a lot of things I was going to say in the beginning of the show. I will hold off to later because we're going to bring our guest on right now. Uh, he's, uh, he's short time today, but this is not the end. We're going to have him back on next week. Uh, it is uh, April 27th, 2016. And we're going to bring the brother here, uh, South Shore High School, Chicago alumni. He is a Hall of Famer, if they had one. And I want to bring on a physical fitness trainer, brother Kevin Farmer. Kevin, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming back on. I'm doing great. I'm great. great. Uh, I'm honored to be on your show, man. Oh, man, it's an honor to have you. We were talking before the show, and I know we got to 
we, we want to get it in as, as quickly and compressed as we can. So I want you to uh, go ahead. We were talking to go ahead and just take over the wheel and uh, take it where you want to go, and we'll just work it like we do. I just wanted to uh, to speak on on some of the high profile health issues that that we've been confronted with lately. Everybody knows what happened to Prince, but I, I want to backtrack a little bit and, and talk about one of my favorite people and somebody that uh, I had some personal dealings with. Uh, uh, ever popular Doug Banks um, and an affinity for Mr. Banks and we shared some of the same health issues um, as a matter of fact Doug Banks and I were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes at around the same time and, um, and I just wanted to touch on that a little bit about how how preventable uh, type 2 diabetes is uh, now, again you know I, I was uh, Diagnosed with the same disease, uh, roughly the same year that Mr. Banks was, and it was well documented his his issues with with eating right and and fitness and and adhering to a fitness program, and and ultimately it caught up with him. Um, it, it saddened me deeply what happened to Mr. Banks because it was so preventable, and he was such a nice guy, uh, such a kind and and down to earth person. Um, Type 2 diabetes is one of the most preventable diseases on the books and also one of the most deadly diseases on the books. It's an epidemic of that disease in the African-American community. And the sad part about it uh, is, again, it's it's so preventable. Uh, back about eight or nine years ago on Thanksgiving Day, um, I was rushed to the hospital in a diabetic coma. Uh, diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, uh, extremely overweight, eating uh, a lot of fast food, eating a lot of the so-called soul food, and at my age, it was in my late 40s at that time, um, it caught up with me. Uh, Doug Banks had the same issues. I immediately uh, got back to my roots and got into a health and fitness program, and after five or six years of constant exercise and changing my diet, uh, pretty much eating clean 80% of the time, um, two Julys ago, uh, my doctors took me off of uh, diabetic medication and said it was no longer necessary that I had regulated my blood sugar. And I regulated my blood sugar simply by exercising four times a day and, and regulating my diet, eating relatively clean, leaving fast food alone, um, and by all means using soul food as simply a treat every once in a while. Um, the food that, that uh, we commonly eat in African-American neighborhoods is uh, destroying our bodies. It's, uh, I, I can't put it any other way. Uh, soul food was designed to feed slaves who work 14 hours in the fields. Uh, wow. That's no longer the case. Uh, um, we are pretty much a sedentary society. Uh, we sit in front of computers. We play computer games. We drive in our cars. We don't move around. And if you high fat, high cholesterol, and high sugar food and don't move around, um, the result is you're likely to get high blood pressure or diabetes. And um, walking around in Chicago and, and just looking at the people in my community in their 40s, in their 50s, with walkers and canes and suffering from neuropathy and uh, lack of blood flow to certain limbs, it, it's sad. I see way too many people in that situation. And... Um, there's an organic cure for that situation. You simply have to adhere to a, a fitness lifestyle. 
you got to develop some muscle. You've got to get your cardiovascular health together. And it's not like you have to be a, a, an elite athlete or anything. Every other day, you need to get out and get yourself moving and adjust your diet. I know that um, our community is in love with eating in a particular way, uh, but it's simply not in our best interest to keep eating the way we were eating 150 years ago. Um, and the places, the people who are feeding us in our community don't have our best interests at heart. Uh, the ubiquitous restaurants in Chicago, the re- ubiquitous corner restaurants with those greasy bags uh, are not a friend to black people. Um, we've got to readjust our attitude about eating and, and, and about exercising. And um, in that vein, I am working with uh, some members of CHA. We're going to put on a Seniors Health Fitness Symposium, a Men's Health Day on June 30th at the Charles Hayes Center on 49th and Wabash. It's going to be free diabetes testing, free prostate testing, and free high blood pressure testing. And uh, I'm going to conduct some cursory fitness classes for anybody 55 years and over who wishes to come on down. It's going to be June 29th uh, at the Hayes Center. Uh, we're going to give you, we've got some free giveaways. We've got a lot of good corporate sponsors involved. And anybody that's interested, you can contact me at kevinfarmer at yahoo.com, and I'll give you uh, some further information. Uh, but um, we're trying to get this anti-obesity campaign rolling in Chicago and to get as many people in the minority community interested and active uh, in this campaign to revamp how we approach fitness. Uh, because, again, uh, black people are dying at a record rate from extremely preventable diseases, that that only take lifestyle changes. Medication is not necessary in order to prevent high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, and stroke. You don't have to take medication. Too many people in our community are relying on medication to soothe and and cure diseases. When again, mm-hmm. there's an organic there's an organic solution to taking care of these things. Um, and, and, and a fitness lifestyle is that organic solution. Man, that is uh, that's an important day. Uh, that's June 29th. I, I'm sure that you'll uh, be putting information out on Facebook and also that we can distribute, and I can also promote it on my shows and the other shows that that uh, we have on the network. Uh, that's important, man. That could be a life-saving event. Uh, uh, for, that sure. Day. for sure, for sure. And it's 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 going to be a teaching event uh, because we've got to uh, not only our senior citizens, we've got to teach young people in the community. Uh, a new way of living. Well, it's not really a new way, but uh, uh, a more stringent and proper way of, of approaching your health. Uh, I just don't think that uh, people in our community take their health as seriously as they should. But, uh, again, just look around you. Walk around the south side or the west side of Chicago and look at how many people are, are headed toward early demise. You see people in their 40s and their 50s with canes and walkers which is utterly ridiculous and totally preventable. Uh, we, we've got to change the mindset of African Americans when it comes to to fitness and, and lifestyles. And if if we start with the adults and, and it maybe possibly trickle down to the children, uh, it'll also help your mental health. And, and that's another thing that I want to discuss. Imagine, if you will, you're a young man eating an improper diet. You've got mental health issues. You're not getting proper training. You're doing drugs. 
and you got a gun in your hand. That combination of things uh, equals a disaster in waiting. And a lot of the people, uh, the young men that uh, were clamoring about about stop the violence and stop the shooting, uh, a lot of those young men have mental health issues. Uh, they have physical issues that haven't been addressed. Um, and you couple that with the music that they're listening to, uh, uh, the community that they live in where they don't have the proper encouragement and the proper role models, you come up with a young man with very little conscience and very little thought about the consequences of their behavior. So there's a trickle-down effect of this holistic lifestyle that I'm talking about. It's not only physical. It can turn into mental wellness, too. Um, Absolutely. One one of the biggest differences um, in my life, I'll personalize this a little bit, is since I've started adapting a fitness lifestyle, there's a clarity of thought that wasn't there before. Uh, ideas, uh, consequences, how to move from point A, A to point B has become extremely clear to me now. My thinking was cloudy before. before. Uh, there was a lot of things. Uh, the diabetes didn't help. Uh, recreational drugs didn't help. You minus all of those things out of your life, and ultimately, a, a, a sense of clarity comes. And when you live your life with clarity, you simply make better decisions. And when a man yeah. makes better decisions, it affects his family. Uh, it yeah. affects the women that he chooses. It affects yeah. how he raises his children. It, it's a domino, a positive domino effect when a man takes a positive step towards taking care of himself. Um, traditionally, a man should be a leader of his family. And if he leads in a, in a positive way, in a holistic, and a healthy way, um, his woman and his children are bound to follow. Absolutely. Man, I, I tell you, you could, I could not have said it better. I, I have been saying, because every time, uh, every weekend, every Monday, I'm, I'm looking at the statistics of who, how many attempted murders they were. They say 44 four killed, uh, 45 uh, wounded. I say 45 uh, attempted murders. I put it in more clear exactly. content. And uh, they they keep saying, oh, we got to get the guns off the streets. We got to get the guns out. I'm saying, man, okay, yeah, we, you, okay, yeah, do, think you can do that. But this is a mental problem. This is a mental problem. You know, and I've, these, been on the, I've been on the front lines with these kids for a while. I've been, I was been a social worker for a while in Chicago and dealing with these kids on Englewood, in Englewood, and I totally agree. When you talk with them, when you have conversations with them, you quickly find out that there are mental issues going on. They don't understand consequences. They don't oh. think long-term, and they don't understand alternatives. They think that how things are in the hood is how it is. And the, for the life of me, they can't uh, reach beyond the environment that they're in. And uh, there's a glaze in their eyes and a... Um, kind of a, a fatalistic view of life that these kids have, and it's, it's kind of no hope. And when you couple that with, with recreational drug use uh, and put a gun in their hand, the result is those 45 shootings that you hear about. Well, when they're used to playing uh, games like Grand Theft Auto where they, you know, pe- people need to play these games just as a, as a research, a case study, and see what these kids are seeing when they are so conditioned to feel they so used to just pressing the button and the game has started over 
you know, you can kill this person, that person. You can, that's how the knockout game came about from, from uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. That's what that knockout game you, Walk up somebody, knock the hell out of them, knock them out. They're conditioned, yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's serious conditioning. And when you're inundated with that on a daily basis, you kind of respond that way uh, in your real life. And, and, and somebody's got to regulate that and, and monitor that and, and try and understand and empathize with these young men and understand they have a problem that's deeper than just having a gun in their hand. Um, Absolutely. Anyway, Absolutely. as you know, that uh, most of the mental health centers have uh, closed in Chicago. Uh, however, uh, if you're a youth in Chicago, there are some resources uh, for mental health issues. Places like the Heartland Alliance, uh, Threshold, and Lawrence Hall, as long as you're under 21 years old, uh, they can give you some assistance and getting help with whatever mental issues you have. Unfortunately, that help kind of runs out once you, you get over 21 years old, but there is help for young people. And as a social worker, it was kind of my job to connect those people with that help. Uh, however, their parents uh, need to take primary responsibility in getting that help and identifying problems. And that's another one of the issues. Uh, the mothers are killers. Uh, you know, the, you, we need to look at the mothers of killers also. A good mother will identify those problems in her child at an early age. But the mothers of killers don't do that. Uh, and you know what? They don't identify. You know what yeah, go ahead. What, what else is a major problem when you mentioned the, the parents? I, I can't say, I can't disagree, but it's got to be a, 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 a parental figure involved in this situation. But my first response is that, hell, the parents are children too these days. Yeah, therein lies the problem. Uh, we have a problem. Yes, something. we have a serious problem, but but nobody's really talking. We're talking about it, but the people with the power, they're just talking about uh, get the guns off the street, the Chicago Teachers Union, the Chicago Public Schools. They're not talking about uh, revamping the public school system to teach anger management, critical thinking, and conflict resolution from kindergarten through 12th grade. We, There's a generational a problem in Chicago. When you are in a house and the grandfather is a GD, the father is a GD, and the son is a GD. There's a, a generational issue. One of the problems with, with games in Chicago and why it's so ingrained is because it's generational. And, you know, they're, they're getting their mores from people who don't have a whole lot of values and don't have a whole lot of respect for consequences. Uh, and, again, like you stated, uh, if your mother, you call your mother Pam, and she's 19 years old, you kind of two steps behind from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. a broad problem. It's a broad problem. There's no single solution to this problem. It's no 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 single issue that we can attack. The best thing I can say that each one of us need to take a personal responsibility and whoever we can touch uh, to turn this problem around. Uh, I do it in the guise of a, of a fitness trainer and, and a a social worker and, and do what I can, but I, I can't touch everybody and nobody can touch everybody, but you've sure. got to try to sure. touch somebody. Uh, you got to totally talk agree. to somebody and, and diagnose the problem and do what you can. If you got a nephew, if, if little Detwan across the street, you see him going down the path, you know, take a little responsibility. That's one of the differences in our generation. You know, when you and I were coming up, 
uh, you'd go on 79th and Jeffrey, and you'd see lawyers getting on the bus. You'd see county clerks. You'd see businessmen going downtown every day. Those were our constant role models. Their constant role models is G-Money and, and Shabba-Dabba-Doo and, and guys who, who like bitches and hoes, you know, a yep. whole different yep. set of role models right now. Uh, you know, Malcolm X and, and, and POTUS are my role models, and the role models of most young guys are some fake studio gangster right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got Brother to change Kevin, that dynamic. I know that your uh, your time is short, and uh, I know that the people, uh, you're going to come on, and, and I guarantee you uh, next week or when we get Kevin back on, we'll talk a lot more about physical fitness. We kind of started talking about uh, this mental issue, which is extremely important, and it's worthy of taking some time to talk about, too. Uh, so, Brother Kevin, uh, I know you got to get back, but I'm going to give you a chance to, uh, you know how we do it, go ahead and make a closing statement and just put out there what you want to put out and the way that you want it received, and uh and we'll get you back on, and we'll pick it up from where we leave off. Yeah, well, this is a dynamic conversation that we're having, and an interesting conversation. But on a lighter note, uh, summertime is coming, and if any of our listeners have any uh, fitness questions about getting that body ready for the summer uh, and some things that you can do to get yourself started on the fitness program, when I come on next week, uh, we're going to talk about some more pleasant topics and uh, some things that um, we can do to help people to uh, look better and feel better for this um, upcoming beautiful warm weather that I hope finally hits Chicago. But I'd just like to say thank you. I appreciate you having me on, man. Oh, man, I appreciate you taking the time to be on. Uh, every time I ask you, you're always going to come on. You're, we always have a conversation, and you always put out some valuable information. And I'm looking forward to uh, picking up what we left off uh, next week from uh, from right now. So, Bro, Kevin, you take care, man, and uh, spread the love, and uh, we'll be keeping in touch, and we'll see you back on the show next week, man. Appreciate it, bro. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. All, All right. right. Later. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That was Brother Kevin Gunny Farmer, uh, South Shore alumni. Great, great brother. I mean, he he has a, a great story, and uh, he, he's more than willing to tell it and uh, to share it, and uh, hopefully we can all learn something from it. Uh, what I'm going to do, I had a few things I wanted to kind of go in on just to, for the sake that I think they need to be going on. And uh, if you want to call in and uh, share your thoughts, it's 718-664-9513, 718-664-9513. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back, and uh, we'll just pick it up from where we are. Okay, we'll be right
Hey, Chicago, for your next family reunion, call Jimmy Williams of Abstract T-Shirts at 773-690-5366. That's 773-690-5366. Your family reunion expert since 1990, with photo T-Shirts and custom printing available. You can see samples of his work on the Internet. Search for JimmyWilliamsOnline.com. That's JimmyWilliamsOnline.com. One word. For families wanting reasonable prices, quality service, and good advice at making their family reunion a success, call Jimmy Williams from Abstracts T-Shirts at 773-690-5366. That's 773-690-5366. Your family reunions should always be a happy occasion, and your T-Shirts should reflect that. Call Jimmy Williams at 773-690-5366. Your T-shirt man.
Okay, and we're back, and I messed up, but that's okay. It happens. We'll move on. I wanted to hear that last part of Kiss when he says, Kiss, and the music just stopped. That's what I wanted to hear, and I hit the doggone button and started into another cut. That's okay. Uh, we are back, and I want to thank Brother Captain Farmer again for coming on and uh, agreeing to come on again uh, next Wednesday. He's always been willing to come on and talk some good talk with me and some good, valuable information. I haven't been on in a while. I haven't done my show probably in over a month. I have been doing the other shows on the network, uh, Rosita Shatanda, uh, Brother Jimmy Williams, uh, Jesse Evans, and uh, I'm coming back to get my uh, routine going. I've been on the road a lot, and uh, I'm ready to get it done and talk about what we talk, what we talk about, spread some information and uh, spread some knowledge and maybe learn some things myself. I'll tell you one thing uh, that's been really kind of uh, frustrating. Is that the right word? I don't know. It is what it is. But uh, that we are so sensitive to uh, criticism. Speaking of black people, we are so sensitive. We are so sensitive. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how true it is. If it makes, uh, if, if it makes uncomfort or discomfort, then therefore you don't like it, no matter how true it is, no matter what we need to do to straighten up, because it's critical of us, we take it out on the person who's bringing that truth to us. Uh, Most recently, uh, not long ago, uh, Brother Ray Lewis made some comments that uh, just got people talking and and radio station, black talk stations, getting on his case and making fun of him. And I mean, I'm saying, well, you know, uh, yeah, he was critical, but I don't think it was in hate. I think it's because he was concerned about our condition, our mental condition, that mental health issue that Kevin and I were talking about uh, on the show uh, before the break. Not all of what he said was wrong. And the thing about it, we seem to be so choosy as to who we go off on when they, uh, when they bring this truth to our attention, when they bring it up, because uh, – in some cases, I mean, people have said things, and if, if, especially if it's entertaining, uh, we just laugh and keep on moving. But some people, we tend to just go ballistic on, and I just don't understand that. I don't understand that. And I'm going to play – I'm going to give you an example. I did this on uh, a show uh, a couple of months ago, about maybe three months ago, and just show some comparisons as far as uh, criticism of black people and how we selectively choose who we're going to uh, – chastise and uh, just listen to these short clips it won't won't be long this just hang in there with me we'll be okay i just want to give you an example of you know why we go off on this person but don't go off on that person here check this one out here number one now we got a lot of things a lot of racism going on in the world right now who's more racist black people or white people black people you know why because we hate black people too Black people really don't like about black people. There's some shit going on with black people right now. It's like a civil war going on with black people. And there's two sides. It's black people and there's niggas. And niggas have got to go. Every time black people want to have a good time, and then ass niggas fuck it up. Can't do nothing. Can't keep a disco open more than three weeks. 
Grand opening, grand closing. Can't go to a movie the first week and come out. Why? Because niggas are shooting at the screen. What kind of ignorant shit is that? Hey, this is a good movie. This is so good, I got to bust a cap in here. Hey, I love black people, but I hate niggas, boy. Oh, I hate niggas. Boy, I wish they let me join the Ku Klux Klan. Shit, I do a drive-by from here to Brooklyn. Tired of niggas, man. You can't have shit when you're around niggas. You can't have shit. You can't have no big screen TV. You can have it, but you better move it in at 3 in the morning. Painted white hope niggas think it's a bassinet. Can't have shit in your house. Why? Because niggas will break in your house. Niggas will live next door to you, break in your house, and come over the next day and go, I heard you got robbed. Okay, you get the point. There was a little more, but you get the point. That was funny. Chris Rock is hilarious. I, I really, I really like Chris Rock. I think he's really a, one of the greater comedians out here, and he has a conscience. But I mean, what he said was funny. But what he said, come on. I mean, it was true. And I agree. I agree. He he split it up. He didn't. He's not saying every black person like that. He's saying, hey, he loved black people, but you know, niggas come around. They have a tendency to you know do what they do and. Fuck it up for everybody, just like he said. That's what Chris Rock said. I didn't hear any outlash on him. I thought that was, you know, he was a praise credit, you know, giving Richard Pryor uh, one-ups, you know, for just being a great comedian. But what he, what did he say? What he, what he said was true. What he said has truth. Okay, now let's, let's go one more. Now listen to this one. Criticism. Now, I want to talk to my gangbanger family. Oh. You make it very difficult for me. Go ahead, say that. Go ahead. Go ahead. In the 60s, we knew who the enemy was. But in 2007, you the enemy. It's black people killing black people. Black people robbing black people. Black people raping black people. I'm talking to you. Go you gangbangers know the principle of retaliation, but you are retaliating on the cheapest of principles. You are not retaliating because of oppression, injustice. You're retaliating because you don't like the color that your brother is wearing. You don't like the gang that he's a part of. You don't like the area of the city that he comes from. And he may be encroaching upon your drug market. So you retaliate. We are not talking about that. And I cannot call for retaliation in matters of the slain when you have become the number one slayers of yourself and your own people. The 60s were different. 
50 years later, the context is different. God is retaliating in his own way. But this murder that is going on in our own community makes it difficult for me to make the right and necessary call for your justice. On any given Saturday. Okay, you get the point. Okay, that was Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, uh, who is a, I think is a great brother. I mean, I don't agree with everything that anybody says, even my own, you know, the people closest to me. So uh, I don't agree with everybody, everything that he said. He's a great brother, and what he said, whether you like it or not, I mean, how can you dispute it as being true? It's the truth. It's what's going on. It's what's going on. Okay, I'm going to play one more. And nobody, nobody went off on Minister Farrakhan on that. Nobody should have. Nobody should have gone off on Chris Rock. And nobody should have gone off on this brother I'm about to play right here.
was a little longer than the others, but that was Bill Cosby. And man, people just ripped him apart. And this is before the little allegations and all that stuff. This was even before that. But they just ripped him apart. I mean, he's talking about black people. He's just going off on black people. He, he done made it rich and now he's talking about us. Well, I mean, but okay, was it true? Did he speak some truth? What, what, what was wrong? What was the problem with what he said? No, he's not talking about every black person. Don't even start that because that's what we always do. Well, I ain't like that. Well, all of them ain't like that. Well, he's not saying everybody's, everybody's like that. He's talking about an element within us who is like that. It is true, and it's not a good thing. Now, what was the last thing he said? The last thing he said was our kids are trying to tell us something, but we are not listening. I think that's a pretty good statement. I don't think that's anti-black or going off on black. He's trying to say that we're not listening to what these kids are trying to tell us in, in, in the way that they are telling us with their actions, and we're not listening. We have a serious problem that we are too comfortable. We are too into a comfort zone that we don't want it to be agitated because it would make you uncomfortable. So it's better for most of the people to feel comfortable and uh, I guess to not acknowledge what's really going on out here uh, makes you uncomfortable. And that's part of our problem. That's part of our problem. The school system is not helping. I mean, that's the conveyor belt to prison. They're not teaching the kids anything. And like I say again, don't talk about, I'm not talking about all schools and every student. You know what I'm talking about. So don't trip. We have a problem. We have a problem among ourselves. And it's deep. And it's serious. Well, I wonder how it's going with the new... uh, Police chief, Chicago police chief. I wonder if he's wearing his uh, his uh, body cam. Uh, I was having a conversation yesterday, as a matter of fact, on Brother Jesse uh, Evans' show, uh, the Think Tank. Uh, brother was talking, and you know, I understood what he was saying that you know we need to have police wearing body cams and so forth and so on. Well, can't hurt now, but I mean, they've been wearing body cams. I think what we're gonna what we need to do is, as a result we see on these body cams, these cops need to be held accountable, which they are not. We have had blatant murders on camera, simple and plain, clear as day, and they have not been held accountable, which is showing us that the justice system is uh, populated with the same element uh, of mentality that is in these wicked police departments. They're the same people. So what do we do? I don't know. I guess we keep marching and keep praying and shut up and like it or whatever. I don't know, but uh, nothing's going to change until these police officers are held accountable. They have to be held accountable. They have to be indicted and they need to go to prison, not just fired and not just paid off while the cop is still on the force. Something has to happen. They have to have some element of fear to fear doing the things that they're doing. That's the only way it'll stop. If they have nothing to fear, they're going to keep on going. They don't care about us marching. Hell, in many cases, it just stimulates their economy. I mean, if we don't burn it down. But somebody's benefiting. I don't know. I I, I just hope, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's, he's maybe he's the best thing that happened uh, 
to Chicago. Maybe he would need a perfect thing for the police department. I don't know, but you know, so to be on the force 27 years and to say that he hasn't uh, witnessed any police corruption is a little bizarre, you know, but whatever. We'll see what happens. He deserves a chance. He's going to get a chance whether we like it or not. I just hope that he does something. And this is Brother uh, Johnson, uh, Eddie Johnson, uh, police chief of Chicago. Uh, hopefully the presence of the new, uh, new-to-be uh, Cook County State's Attorney, uh, Kim Fox, will make a big difference. I believe it will. I believe it will. And I'm looking forward to her getting in office. I was uh, on a blog also about people talking about as far as this presidential nomination. I don't know who you got, uh, Donald Trump, Hillary, who you want, who you think, what you think. You're a Sanders supporter. If he don't get the nomination, but it seems like he ain't going to get, you're going to, you're going to go for Hillary. What you going to do? It's going to be interesting to see what happens, uh, but I can say this much. If, these sets of candidates is the best thing this country has to offer. All I can do is shake my head. SMH, capital letters. If that's the best we have, I tell you, we're going to have a problem. I really believe that having had a black president, and I hope I'm wrong, but I believe having had President Obama, a black president, is going to cost us in the future. I think we're going to pay for that in some way, shape, or form, especially if well, I don't know these, these candidates I was going to say especially if Trump gets in but I don't feel good about any of them uh, I feel better about Sanders I'm a Sanders supporter but uh, if that's the best we have to offer that's a damn shame this is a big country and this is what we come up with and, and Hillary it's as though she was a privilege and is that we owe her something because uh, Obama beat her, beat her the last time and uh, this is the same Hillary Clinton, uh, as far as all these people talking about, well, uh, Bernie should step out of the race. Well, you know, Hillary didn't step out of the race. And the reason she gave was because uh, Bobby Kennedy in 1968 had been assassinated. So my, my my take on that was, well, hell, let me stick around here because, you know, they might kill uh, a candidate, a Senator Obama, and that'll make way for me. I'll never forget she said that. And I lost. I just was pretty much done with her right then to make that insinuation. You staying in the, she's going to stay in the race because Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. What are you saying? I'll never forget when she put her fist in the air and put her feet up off the floor when she was in that easy chair when they came back and told her that uh, I think Mobile Gaddafi had, they had killed him. And I, I just don't have nothing for Hillary Clinton anyway, but uh We'll find out. Looks like she's she's going to be the nominee. It's going to be a very interesting race because they have yet to bring out the dirt on her yet. The Republicans have been real quiet, sitting back in the cut, waiting for her to get the nomination. Then you're going to start hearing about things like Whitewater. Well, you want to know what Whitewater is? Well, Google it. And if you don't, just stick around because you're you're going to hear a whole lot about Whitewater uh, if she's a nominee, a whole bunch of other things. They're sitting back waiting. They're ruthless, and we ain't seen nothing yet. So uh, I was listening to, uh, well, not listening to, reading a blog with uh, uh, a black uh, blog, and they were talking about blacks are to form their own political party. 
And man, we went at it and uh, it got heated and very interesting though, because it sounds good. I mean, oh yeah, let's, let's get our own political party. Let's, let's break away and get our political party and do our thing. And, and I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, you may as well just vote Republican if you do that, because to, to have a political party, you have to pool your resources. And, you know, here's some more truth. Black people aren't pooling their resources. We don't have, if we did, we'd have something. We don't pool our resources in order, and you have to have that in order to fill the candidate. Period. One brother came on and said, uh, hell, you know, black folks can't even get together and, and, and do a family reunion or a high school reunion without a bunch of issues. How in the hell are you going to form a political party? You know, first we need to maybe try to uh, open up a hotel. Uh, you know, we have all these fraternities and church groups and a Rainbow Push, National Action Network, and uh, Omegas, and Five Day Debate of Capital. All these groups, churches, have reunions and gatherings all over the place. And you know, we flock to New York City to see the Essence Festival. Why don't we have a national hotel somewhere? You know, I was saying instead of boycotting Florida, why hell? Why don't we use Florida? Nobody talks about that. I don't get it. Black people having their own party, and we can't even get a hotel. Or, you know, everywhere you go, I've, I've been all, all all over the country, and it's clear the uh, folks from India have the motels and the hotel business down pat. They have the gas stations, they have the donut shops, the Koreans have the nail uh, shops. The, the, the black every black neighborhood has a Chinese restaurant. You ever seen a soul food restaurant in, in Chinatown or anywhere in Japan and China? We have nothing. As much liquor as we drink, we don't own no liquor stores. We buy gas. We don't own no gas station. Why is that? You talking about putting up a, a party? Uh, I ain't feeling it. You know, it would be great if uh, we had the wherewithal to do something like that, but we haven't shown it. And uh, if we ever showed it, I'm down with it. But let's be realistic. We got to do some more things first. We got to do some things first before we start talking on that bigger level. If you do something like that right now, you may as well vote Republican. Anybody want to join in? Uh, 718-664-9513. 718-664-9513. What's up with this? Uh, what's up with this bathroom bill? What, I mean, for all these years, where, where's the LGBT been using the bathroom all these years? Where, where they been going to take a leak? Sitting on the toilet. What, 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 I mean, how, what, what's all of a sudden? Why is that a, a, a problem or a major issue? I mean, go to the damn washroom. I mean, when you, I mean, when you're on the airplane, they don't they don't they don't separate the washrooms. I mean, I really I, I don't know. I, I just have mixed emotions. I, I think that uh, men could uh, you know you got some sickos out there who can uh, who can uh, profess to be. Uh, transvestite and so forth and so on, just to get in the women's washroom and be, be and be whatever they, that they. Are. I, don't know. I, I don't know. I I know I've been in restaurants and it was clear to me that uh, a brother was, you know, uh, it was a, a man was gay and he went to the women's washroom, and it was no matter of fact I was a manager at the Dixie Kitchen restaurant in Lansing, Illinois at the time, and it you know, go use the washroom. I mean, whatever. What's the big deal? Wow, we we just I don't know. 
Uh, got a caller on. I'm going to bring the caller on. I've been writing. I'm not used to talking like this. This is, this is not my forte. I'm a much better writer. So uh, I'm doing the best I can with this with this gift of gab. But we'll bring a caller in. Uh, last four digits. 0707. Caller, are you with me? Yes, yes. This is Rosita Chitanda. How are you? Hey, Rosita. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Okay. I was just listening to what some of what you were saying and about why we can have uh, businesses and work together. Um, it's interesting because I went today down to the old Jewtown, and you know how they used to go down there and they would have little restaurants and they would sell uh fries and polishes and I noticed that the Hispanics are now in control of that and they most of the Jewtown places are now it used to be the Arabs I mean it's gone through several uh, generations of different races owning but we've never owned any of it Uh, even a hot dog stand (laughs) you know what I'm saying and I thought about Yeah, we talk about, and then I went into this beauty supply store, and they were acting so crazy, these Asians, and they had, it's a huge store, where when they did the marquee, it's on 87th in Chicago in the Dan Ryan, and when they did the marquee, it was a big, ugly gorilla that they used (laughs) as the marquee. They made them take it down, and I mean, it was almost like, they were calling us big, ugly, black gorillas, you know. So they, and yet we got to go in there and purchase stuff. But I went in because I wanted to see it's huge, and they have a lot of black youth working in there. And it it made me feel sad because I talked to them, and they were talking about how bad the people treated them and how they were going to quit. And, I, you know, I would ask them how I was working here and these were young high school and, you know, 17, 18-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, you know, I wish I could offer them a job, but we don't we don't have any. We can't even protect our youth. We have nothing to offer them. Uh, we're too busy fighting, and there were several incidents last week. Like yesterday, I was on my way downtown, and I tried to get off the bus, and one of this black lady's older lady looked like she was about 60 years old when I went to stand up to get off the bus. She just flew into a rage and started calling me all kind of bees, and I I was just trying to get off the bus. So the two things I want to say, there is something seriously wrong with our mentality. Yes. Secondly, we are filled with hate and evidence of that for each other. Now, everybody else is cool. So when you talk about owning businesses, we have enough money. Uh, Those Mexicans that come here and all these other immigrants, the one thing that they have is something we used to have. Because I come from a family where, you know, my grandparents had businesses. They had restaurants. My dad owned businesses, but it was a different time. Uh, We respected each other, and we did have a sense of community. Now that we've tried to emulate the models of white supremacy, they don't work for us. And we end up... Hey, you know, like there's so our children are, and I don't care what people say, your children are a reflection. 
Look at our children and how they hate each other and how they're killing each other and how angry they are. Where do you think it comes from? The adults well, it, are the same way. They're well, just more sophisticated. Uh-huh. We we were we we came up. I remember as a kid, uh, I, I actually had some clips. I was gonna I, I'll play maybe on another show. But remember the uh, conjunction junction. What's your function and uh, mm-hmm. uh, could be you and uh, mm-hmm. the best you can be and the, the anti littering commercials with the, with the Indian. You know they threw the litter out of the car and he's sitting there with tears out of his eyes and mm-hmm. you know. But our kids came up with with BET thanks to Bob Johnson with butt shaking rump shaking videos. You know. Uh, it's it's a conditioning. It, this is not by accident. Uh, when they took our music and implanted that MTV crap, then VH1 right. uh, and BET, that's when we we've been in the, we lost our minds. Then yeah. add the video games, add the violent video games, add the the rap lyrics and the, 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 the Lil Wayne with these sickening commercials. Uh, these basketball players for the State Farm insurance commercials walking running around in goddamn dresses. Looking like fucking buffoon, excuse me, buffoons. Mm-hmm. And where's the yeah? Well you, well, you know, another thing is is you look at, like you you talked about the music and uh, when we were growing up, the music like you would wake up in the morning, it would energize you. You would hear Curtis Mayfield keep on pushing. Yes. It's yes. all right. Have a good time. You know, that's what we work. I'm so proud of you. The yep. Temptations, my girl, the kind of stuff we allowed them. And I, I say this about being proactive because we we have such a slave mind. When this first stuff first hits the air, we you don't wait 30 years later and say, oops, <laughs> you know, when this stuff first comes out. Who, where is the vanguard? Who are the people that are going to stand up and say, wait a minute, just I hear a hint of this, and we're going to stomp it out. You will not take control. We knew that the music was wrong, but we let it happen. Well, you know, we you know, Rosita, knew, uh-huh. they, they try, I, I remember this. I remember strictly sitting down, I think it was 1978, when, when uh, Casey and the Sunshine Bay made the record, uh, shake your booty. Uh-huh. That's nothing now. But I remember Jesse Jackson had a news conference, and he was trying to say that we need to do, we need to do something about this sex and music. Mm-hmm. And they ripped him apart. Man, they ripped him apart. Tipper Gore tried to do something about the violent video games. They ripped her apart, ripped her apart, man. Now look at where we're at. We're going from shaky booty to bitch and MF and shit. I mean, uh, you know, you'd be happy to shake your booty compared to yeah. what they're yeah, I'll doing that. now. I'll take that now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that sounds pretty tame. Uh, but here, we're bordering, the truth of the matter is that we're bordering on extinction. Years ago, I used to, every October, I had the read aloud Indian read aloud stories. And uh, it was so interesting because every morning I would come in and we would read about the Indian chiefs and what they said to their people in October. Stories were so interesting because the theme was always that the wise older Indians were telling their people not to engage in activities, not that the white people had brought not to purchase their items, not to drink their whiskey, not to use their guns, or else 
all the stories about them becoming extinct. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I, I compare that to what we're going through. And we've learned how to love all the little trinkets. we got to have a certain car, certain shoes, certain mm-hmm. outfit. And I noticed that even the women, we don't even look good in those outfits. I mean, you look at the women that dress in our traditional dress, and they look beautiful and elegant. We put on their outfits, and they don't fit us. They're not made for you. But we have to have everything that they have, the white people have. We have to emulate that. And so what the Indian uh, chiefs were saying was that if you do that, they're going to take and you're going to become extinct. And and they are extinct, but virtually extinct. So now with us, the same thing, because we've outlived our purpose. We were brought here to be slaves. Uh, there is There was no other way that we were supposed to survive, and we've outlived our purpose. They had no purpose for us. But we, you talked about what we can do as far as politically, and this is what I have been saying. I've been talking with certain groups of people about uh, grassroots organizing and coming up with uh, African-American think tanks. i do going to be doing one for education, one for politics, And I urge everybody who has a skill to gather with a group of people, 10, 15, whoever you can, of like minds, and develop a black agenda for that particular say. If you're a politician, if you're a nurse, a doctor, come together and create a black agenda. What is it that we need to see in our community in terms of education? That's what I do. What is it that we need to do in our community? And then we need to start coming together in small groups, putting those ideas together, entrepreneurship, and just scrapping our little money like our ancestors did, or having little fundraisers mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. we can begin to plant seeds these people are not giving us anything, and it's not going to make a difference. Who's president? Look at President Obama. He couldn't do anything to help us. I don't know if he wanted to, but I know maybe he couldn't. I, I, so you know even what? if we put. I, I think okay. I think maybe I think some he wanted to, some he couldn't. But I do believe, and I said this earlier, Graham, that I hope I'm wrong, but I believe that we're going to pay a price for having had this black president. We've already paid a price. I mean, more so. I don't see how the unemployment rate is sky high, and I don't particular. I'm trying to wait to see. I know that as far as his education policy, it was devastating for the black community. Basically, almost 200,000 veteran black teachers lost their jobs, and they replaced them under race to the top, those they didn't put in jail, like the Atlanta teachers, under, under Arnie Duncan race to the top program. So yeah. that that particular program basically has destroyed the black middle class. Arnie so, Duncan has been a disaster. That guy has been a disaster. I mean, one one thing I'd like to see happen, I re- and I've been saying it for a while, and I've been kind of thinking of how I'm on the road so much, it's hard to kind of get something for me to get something started, but I'd love to see the school system, the school curriculum overhauled to include anger management, Critical thinking and conflict resolution mandatory. Well, man, we, they do we, we have, have it, you know. But here we go. 
you know, when about 15 years ago, when we had a cohort of teachers and we developed a social-emotional self-monitoring program that they had asked us to be published when we were mm-hmm. at University of Chicago, mm-hmm. these things, I mean, it's been 15 or 16 years now, being in the classroom, you could see what the kids' needs are. Now it's 15 years later and everybody's talking about the same stuff that we have been trying to put into motion for 15 years. I have a whole program. In fact, I just sent it over for funding. We have the answers to this stuff. Nobody has to put it together. CPS just came up with a standard, common core standard for social-emotional, developing social-emotional, but they're 15 years too late. So that's what I'm talking about. We can't wait until a cow is out the barn. We've got to start being proactive and getting people who have a sense of ingenuity and and uh, listening to our elders and, and, and taking some cues from those who have walked through this stuff instead of always trying to rewrite the script. Mm-hmm. And if we would just do that, uh, gather up what's already out there and, and push it and support what we have. So I, I'm just, uh, you know, those are just some ideas to um, put out there if, Everybody in every field that they're in, if they are you going to be gathered this, together, this and Saturday, then come you're going to be back together on? as a group. Uh huh. You're going to be back on uh, WBON with Philip Jackson this coming Saturday, right? With the same. Oh uh, yes, with, uh, and then we'll Valencia be on your show. I would like to make that announcement Saturday, six Absolutely. o'clock. We will be talking about the impact of education on the black community. What happens when teachers go on strike? How? What happens when concessions are made? The impact on our community, you know, in terms of school closing and all those other things that have to take place when the union asks for $14 million in concessions, who pays for it? So those are things that we want to ask. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, that's uh, on WVON AM 1690, Saturday at 6 o'clock. Uh, uh-huh. You'll be on with Philip Jackson, and we'll also be on uh, here with us on We're Everyday People next Sunday at seven at o'clock. Next so. Sunday, so, so tune I, I was, in, everybody, yes, and I'm going to let Keith uh, go to get another call. But um, tune in on Sunday and on Saturday at six, absolutely. and it's Sunday at seven. And we'll we'll be posting it on Facebook. All you Facebookers, you'll be seeing it. Uh, so. Uh, Rosita, thanks a lot for calling, and uh, looking forward to your show on Saturday and Sunday. Okay, thank you. Have a great evening. All right, take care now. Okay. And that was uh, Rosita Shatanda. She has uh, a show uh, every other Sunday on this network. We are, we are everyday people at 7 o'clock. She's an educator, and she knows the inside outs of the Chicago Public School System and the Chicago Teachers Union. She has some very valuable information that she shares with us on every show. So she'll be back here on this uh, station on Sunday at 7. She'll also be on WVON uh, with Philip Jackson on his show. Uh, that's AM, 13, AM 1690. Uh, they're on iHeartRadio. Uh, you can listen to it there if local. But AM 1690 next Saturday at uh, 6 o'clock. I'm going to take a break and uh, come right back and we'll close it out. But 
I got to keep on paying tribute to my man. I got a Prince. You know what? Uh, I got to say, I had never been to a Prince concert. Never been to a Prince concert. That's unbelievable. And I tell you, Prince was just incredible. I mean, the brother was just a, a, as great a person as he was a musician. And you're talking about somebody who can who can be right there on par with Michael Jackson, if not better. I mean, who you got, Michael or Prince? That's not automatic. I don't, you know, I, I love the Jackson 5. You know, before they were the Jackson. I'm talking about the Jackson 5, the original. That was my group. I respected Michael Jackson. But uh, I'm sorry, Prince, uh, that's, that's you know, it's, I guess it depends on your personal thing. But uh, as far as uh, later, later life, uh, I'm with Prince, man. I'm with Prince. Prince is, was a was a great, great dude. And we're gonna come right back and uh, we'll take a call. We come right back, and I'm gonna pay my last tribute to my guy, and we'll be right back.
watch television until they know how to read it. Or else all they'll know how to do is cut the fight and bleed it. No child is bad from the beginning. Sexuality. All right, I'm back. I'm going to bring on uh, brother here. Has a show on the network on Monday evenings. Uh, Real people from the hood. Great brother. Been doing a show with me for a couple of years. He's been on the network for a couple of years. Uh, brother Jimmy Williams. Brother Jimmy, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Man, I'll listen to Rosita. I want. I have. I've been listening to the whole show. I just want to come on at the very end until all the guests get their little things in. So I want to wait till the end to call you in. Call in. There's three things I'm going to talk about them real fast. And, sure. and one of them is very, one of them is very very exciting to me. But the first one Rosita was talking about, as far as all these different um, people that are that are out there and these um, these alphas and these, um, these 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 grassroots, you know, as smart as they are, you mean to tell me not none of them got together and said we're gonna we're gonna establish a base of operation, and you mean to tell me as smart as these people are with their PhDs and and whatever the heck they is they didn't went to school and simulated with and got. You mean to tell me none of them came up with the idea of starting one, starting with one city as a base operation and, and solidify power and then spread out to another city? Not one of them did that? I, I now, don't get it, bizarre. man. That's I don't get bizarre. it. You know, and it's easy to do because they're smarter than we are. But how smart are they if they can't do the same thing uneducated Negroes did coming right out of the cotton fields? That's bizarre. Let's think yes. about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay, you talked yep. about Prince. Prince cannot be compared to Madonna, Michael Jackson, or anybody. I'm going to tell you why, but I've been following Prince, man, since his inception. Because at that time, oh, yeah. we had started the band. And Prince, the thing that, the, the reason Prince stands out more, if you look at his bands, all the people that he incorporated into his different bands or different groups, they are totally. They, they are just as, as, as creative and, 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 and mind-synced as he is. He can leave the stage and have his band jam, and he wouldn't have to show up again. That's how intense <laughs> his band was to him. Think about yeah. it. And name one record or one, um, look at all Prince videos and see which ones he lip-synced on. Think about it. He never lip-synced. And his shows was the bomb. And all the instruments that he played, the 27 instruments that he played, he wasn't playing around. He didn't go like the Beatles. They go into the studio, make a whole album. They could reproduce it on stage. Look at Michael Jackson. He had to be white to get accepted. And Madonna, (laughs) 
And Madonna, yeah. I love Madonna. I, I can't say anything bad about Madonna because that woman can get up there. She can put on a stage show. She really can. And her music, the reason that Madonna and Michael Jackson are beneath Prince because they get producers to do their stuff. Prince did all of his. He did the instruments. Yeah. He did the arrangements. He, 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 on some of his albums, he played all the music. And he cut it, and then he presented it as a, a total package. So none of them can't be compared to Prince. None right, of them. Right. And I'm going to on that one. I hate okay. you, brother. I, I hate the last you. thing, the last thing, I'm really excited tonight about the art gallery here in Inglewood. The reason that it was taking so long with Raymond Lopez was because not, aldermen haven't done it as far as me, a citizen, walking up to him and say, hey, look, I don't want to plant no onions and no collard greens. I want a lot that I can build a business on. Mm-hmm. For some strange reason, nobody even asked about that. They got the lots and started putting potatoes on the damn thing. So when I came along and told them, look, I ain't trying to put no potatoes on my lot. I want to build a business on that that I can pass to my kids and my grandkids. And I found out tonight, and I'm going to talk about it on my show too, he came up with the idea from the suggestions that I had, my dumb ass had, my dumb black ass had, to build and produce. And he's putting in place right now a business licensing zoning committee that's going to bypass City Hall. I'm going to talk about that on my show. Wow. Those are the three things I want to talk about. I'm glad we waited till the end so I can get all that stuff in there. I'm glad we were able to get it in, brother. I I tell you that, uh, and and, and, uh, I'm looking forward to the vaults, this music in the vaults for Prince, man. They say he got enough music there to go 100 years. I just read read yesterday. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And, 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 And from what I've been following Prince since 79, 78, really. That's when he was in tour with Warner Brothers. And he really was—he was really adamant about not having anybody produce his music, and he stood on that. And he walked away from a whole lot of money until they gave him what he wanted a year or so later. Yeah. But yeah. of course, he went through the whole so whatever, and he got so to the point where he was so creative with his work, he wanted to put it out there and let the people have it. The corporation said no; they wanted him to slow it up, put it out every year. Prince said, "Fuck it, I got it. I want to put it out there." And that's where the slave thing came in at. And then he started jumping from different um, uh, record companies and whatnot until he yeah. came up with, with, with Tidal and Jay-Z, and he did his thing a few months ago. But that's how that came about. Hey, let's, back, to your, back to the art gallery. Uh, now, what's, okay. uh, I know you were talking about a site in Beverly. You're actually displaying some places right now. Is that correct? Or that pending? Beverly didn't turn out. The problem with Beverly was uh, the young lady that owned the store, um, I have nothing with it, it was just business. She wanted me to bring um, the paintings in framed. And on top of that, she wanted to get 40% of the props. No. Shit. <laughs> you know, that's like me selling you a painting and putting a frame on it, and you don't like the frame. So why would I frame it? That sounds like the print same like shit Prince was going through. You know? <laughs> Yeah. But I ain't waited as long as Prince. I got out of there quick. I yeah. really got my pieces yeah. that I had, and and you know, the time I had over in RHM Designs, I sold uh, six pieces while they was just sitting over there in her shop. So it's like, what the heck? It was just a business decision. So I brought okay. it back, and I, and two of those I sold at, as a matter of fact. So it was just now, a business you, decision. Do you have any, uh, you you have a show coming up? Is that it? Don't you? Don't you have something coming up? I'm still working on the one over uh, in Bronzeville. 
as a matter of fact. Okay, right. Um, That's what I was the only thing, uh, Yeah, that was going to happen. I'm just helping my okay. nephew now. Uh, his name is Jermaine Ross. He's working with the uh, LGBT community, I mean LGBT community. He's going to have a one-year anniversary at Hamilton Park. He rented the auditorium. Remember we went in that auditorium and everybody was stepping? Yeah, man. And they were doing I that. that. He's, yeah, uh, we rented that out. And um, we're getting that together for his um, for their one year anniversary. So they uh, they're going to be second going into their second year as um, a real talk TV. So that's the only hold up with my thing. So once I uh, get his down pat, which it is, it's going to be uh, May 14th at Hamilton Park, and um, they're going to do a, a, a shooting, and they're going to shoot it right to streaming, and then shoot it straight to uh, YouTube, and, and and they're going to sell DVDs and stuff like that. So. I put mine on the back burner for a minute because I know mine's going to happen. I'm a one-man show. I'm a one-man producer, so I got it down pat. I just needed to help him get that off the ground. But, yeah, it's going to happen. Okay. So, hey, I hope so, brother. I hope so. You got something going on, man. I tell you, I was, I, I'm impressed. I uh, finally got back home and and uh, got got my picture uh, here safely, and I'm ready to put it up. Okay. And uh Man, I, I'm impressed, man. I tell you, you do some great work, man. I, I, I got to give it to you. Appreciate it. I appreciate that, man. And um, like the, the customers that I have now, uh, is, I, 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 uh, I bought a lot of uh, advertisement on Facebook. You know, they got they got great prices for you. If, you, if any entrepreneurs out there want to advertise their stuff, do it through Facebook. You know, um, I, I just I gave I just just gave uh, them what eighty ninety bucks. And already got 3,400 uh, uh, hits on it, you know, in terms of people actually seeing my work. And that's just one of the advertisements that I've done, you know, and that's not bad, you know, for $80. You know, not bad at all. Different, yeah, I'm getting different people asking me questions about the artwork. Um, how do I do it? That's the biggest question that I get a lot. How do I produce the painting? See, a lot of people think I just splash the ink on there and call it a day. That's them ignorant ass Negro. Oh, no, I can, I can tell. I can, I can see how much. I can see how much work you put into it, brother. Oh, thanks. And, you know, can, it's, it's kind of hard to explain to somebody that's hating on you how you do your work. It really is. Well, they don't want to hear that. Yeah. All they want to know is, all they want to do is insult you. But I, I I looked at that picture and I said, damn, he had to. And I looked at the details and every little bit of something that you did on that picture, man. And I tell you, that, and the more I looked at that, the more impressed I was with how you did it. So I I'm, I'm, I think it's great, great artwork. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in closing, too, uh, in closing, I'm about to um, finish up a deal with Neighborhood Housing Services. They got at least, um, I, I'm going to say it on your show, they got at least maybe um, 15, 20 houses they want me to work on. So I got to come up with a proposal, present it to them, and then I'm going to go to work on that. So, uh, and again, I'm not going to put my, um, my, my one-man show, too, on the back burner no longer than I have to, but I got to get this two entities done with my nephew and neighborhood housing services. And um, Now, when you talk about again, the houses, you talk, you're talking about taking, uh, instead of them having just blank plywood, you're talking about uh, make putting a mural on there like you did the one across from you. Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. yeah, that man, that would make a hell of a big difference on the block, man. Man. And Yeah, and I'm hoping that the neighborhood people, man, get involved because with neighborhood housing services is one entity, uh, Southwest Federation of Black Clubs is another one that I'm gonna work with also, and um, and when they told me they was willing to give me a budget to work with, I told them point blank I was gonna do it for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really was. 
Yeah, I know you would. I, I'm, knowing you, yeah, you would have. Yes, indeed. But, however, you know, see, <laughs> you know, hey, pass, pass happy, the peace, man. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to hear it, brother. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Keith. I'm not going to hold you, man, because I can bring up the rest of this stuff on my show coming up Monday. So I just wanted to uh, let you know, man, Rosita was on the money with that, man. If these smart PhDs and these sheep leaders and, and, and all these other people decide they want to think on the same level, it can get done. We can have a, um, a, um, a, a Tulsa, Oklahoma, all over the United States. They jacking each other off for the sunlight, man. I'm a little yeah. low. I'm not gonna... <laughs> I'm with you, bro. I'm not going to go into that one. But I appreciate you, man, for <laughs> being on your show, though, man. I really do. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you called in, man. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful way to close it out with me. I'm, I'm going to uh, close it out and make a couple of announcements, and I'm gone, man. But I'm glad you got in and uh, looking forward to your show on Monday, man. Okay. And Prince is the shit. I'm sorry. He is. Thanks, Keith. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I agree, brother. Take care, man. Bye. Great love. Right. All right, now. Okay. Okay. That's Brother Jimmy Williams. Jimmy has a show, uh, Real People from the Hood, every Monday evening at 7 o'clock on this same network. We are a people. Uh, great information. Uh, Jimmy's trying to find art gallery in Inglewood in Chicago. And uh, I tell you, I've uh, attended his uh, first uh, one-man show, and I did get a painting from him. And I'm very impressed. Uh, brother's very talented. So uh, before I close, uh, I want to give a plug to Mo Better Jazz Chicago. Mo Better Jazz Chicago is a new renaissance in the South Shore area, right there on 75th and Phillips on the south side, uh, southeast side. And uh, I tell you, it's a beautiful place. I suggest you get out there. Uh, they're, they're open, uh, this coming Friday, they have uh, Brother Phil Perkins uh, uh, in concert, jazz concert, at 7 o'clock starting. It's only $10 to end. Secured parking. When I say secure, that means when you get out your car, the guys walk you to the door. When the show is over, they walk you to your car. It's like that. Uh, it's a uh, it's, it's filled with love. It reminds me of the Harlem Renaissance. Uh, that's the the vibe that you get when I walk when I walk in there. Uh, it's a very sparkling clean place. The, uh, the uh, washrooms are sparkling clean. Uh, it's just a, a, a just a room full of love, and full of great world class jazz music. Uh, every Friday night. This Friday night, April 29th, Brother Phil Perkins. Uh, so going out to, uh, I, I'm in, I'm at home in Texas. I won't be able to make it this weekend. But uh, you get out there this Friday and uh, show some support for Brother Darius Lawrence. And uh, Darius, uh, when you walk in that door, Darius is the first brother you'll see uh, when you walk in, generally uh, shaking hands and greeting each and every person who comes up into his club. So uh, check it out. And on that note, in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power, peace.
have been listening to We Are Everyday People, Global Internet Radio Network. Peace.